Welcome to the All Around Joe Podcast, where we optimize your human best from my personal experiences all-around self-improvement junkie. On this edition of the All Around Joe Podcast, I am super stoked to have Mike Castelli from Nova 3 Labs. Mike has been around, guys. He has worked with all kinds of cool athletes. He has worked with some really interesting companies, and he has made up this product called Max Adrenal. All right, which if you've heard my story at all, you know that I am way big into these adrenal support supplements, lifestyles, all that fun stuff because my adrenals tanked on me a few years back. So I think what Mike is doing is really interesting. Like I said, he's very smart. He's taken pretty much all of the nutrition certifications in the book. His company is really cool. And I've been referred to him from some really high level CrossFit Games athletes. So Without further ado, I would love to jump right into this podcast with Mike, but before we do that, I just want to let you guys know that this podcast is brought to you by the Get Better Project. The Get Better Project is my daily workout programming for people that are working in busy jobs, have kids, don't feel like they have enough time to get a workout in, so I've programmed workouts for you if you need to get them in in your home in your home gym or at a globo gym or pretty much anywhere in between. So we have uh, multiple workouts that come out per day with video trainings. It's a very supportive community. We get into working with you where you are at so that you don't have to think about it and can get yourself into the great, amazing body composition, performance shape that you would like to be in. So that's at the getbetterproject.com. Go there, click on our programs, and you will see the daily workout programming. So head over to the Get Better Project. Let me know if you have any questions. And that is it. All right, guys, let's jump into this podcast with Mike from Nova 3 Labs. And here we go. Information, get ready. It's coming to you. Mike, how's it going today? Good, man. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm awesome. Where are you at today, Mike? I am in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, and it's really freaking cold here. It's like <laughs> 17 Celsius, which I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but it's tons of snow on the ground and it's cold and just got back from Miami. So this is a bit of a shocker. So, Oh, dude. Yeah. I'm actually up in the, the panhandle of Florida right now, and it's also pretty cold. I think it's, well, I don't know Celsius. It's 40 degrees Fahrenheit or so. So I don't know. That's probably got to be like 15 Celsius. I would take that. I would totally. <laughs> yeah, Miami was nice. It, that's for sure. So it was a nice reprieve from the cold. So. Oh man, yeah. How was Waterpalooza? Was it Waterpalooza well? was phenomenal. Um, we went last year. My business partner Chrissy and I. She was competing on a team for Training Think Tank. Um, I just kind of floated around. This year we had a booth. Um, you know, selling the Nova stuff. We had some of our staff down there and it was, it's grown exponentially and it was a big event before, but now that it's a sanctioned CrossFit event, um, it's, uh, yeah, there's a lot more people, a lot more vendors, um, better competition. If you can actually even comprehend that, the, 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 the quality of athletes there is just second to none. So it was, it was really awesome. Awesome event. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I know a little bit about you, mm-hmm. but I would like to know more. And I think that one of the cool things about doing these interviews is getting to know people, getting to know their background, getting to know what inspired them. If there was any interesting like role models or anything like that. So I'd love to hear your story, you know, where you grew up, how you got to where you are today. All of it. All of it. Okay. Let's go way back. So, so back in 1973, no. um, (laughs) So I guess I've always been interested in nutrition. I remember as a teenager, um, reading like Bill Phillips, um, you know, his supplement review um, and getting involved and buying my first container of whey protein. And I've sort of always dabbled in that kind of stuff. I had a stint of being a vegetarian when I was a teenager. And it's funny, even before low carb was a popular thing in like, I guess the 2000, early 2000s, um, I was, I remember thinking one day, you know, if I just eat meat and vegetables, I kind of feel better. So, I mean, this was, it's always sort of been there and I've always had an athletic background I did a lot of different kind of traditional martial arts, uh, played box lacrosse for years, 
and just always knew intuitively that food and nutrition made me feel different. Even as a teen, if I would go out and crush like, you know, a triple decker cheese whiz sandwich on white bread, I'm like, God, that tastes really good, but I don't feel very good. Right. And if I ate like meat and vegetables and mom's potatoes, I'm like, yeah, I feel really good. So yeah, that's always been there. Um, but I never really did anything with it. Um, if we fast forward a couple of years, um, decided to get into emergency medicine. So I've been a, a advanced care paramedic for 25 years. I've uh, been a firefighter paramedic for 19 years. So I worked for the Lethbridge Fire Department and no pun intended, that's my meat and potatoes job. That's what I've been doing. That job has allowed me to look into other interests. And I, um, I drank the CrossFit Kool-Aid back in 2007, I think. So the early days of CrossFit, this is even before the CrossFit Games was a thing. And I wanted something to improve my strength conditioning for martial arts. I was about to test for my black belt in Taekwondo. And I was like, oh, I just don't feel fit enough. I need, I need something else. And I don't honestly remember how I found it. Um, the, the story you hear from most OG CrossFitters was that, oh, I saw this video on, on the internet. It was nasty girls. It was all these really fit, pumped up chicks doing CrossFit. And I don't know if it was that, but I did catch some CrossFit videos and I was like, wow, this stuff is hardcore. This is extreme. I think I like this. And I started to dabble with it in my garage. We never had a CrossFit affiliate in, in Lethbridge here. And I kept looking, I kept looking through the CrossFit forums to see if anybody was going to pop open a CrossFit. And this was long before the entrepreneurial seed was planted in me. I just, I just wanted a place to train. I didn't want to run a business. And at the time I was really doing nothing with my nutrition here either. Right. Um, I was interested in it. I was listening and reading a lot, listening to a lot of podcasts, reading a lot about nutrition. Um, I just felt like I was, I wasn't a young guy. So I got into Taekwondo at about the age of 30 and I started to test for my black belt at the age of 35. So it wasn't like I had this young, you know, 20 year old resiliency that I had before. Right. And I had been relatively fit, you know, being a firefighter, you're an occupational athlete, but I just thought I needed something else. So I saw this and I was like, cool, started to dabble with it. And then lo and behold, somebody pops open an affiliate in Lethbridge and I start training. And I just, after that, it's like, you know, you, once you drink that CrossFit Kool-Aid initially, you're just like, you're, you're bought in completely to the lifestyle, the training, the, the gross anaerobic stuff. It's like nothing you've ever done before. It's the story I've heard from my clients thousands of times. And it's what I went through. And, um, I, I started to really accumulate a lot of nutritional knowledge and I really had no interest in coaching people or starting a business. I just realized that, Hey, I'm not young. I'm, I'm trying to compete with some of these 20 year old guys. And what can I do to improve that? Well, my nutrition. And it was CrossFit was a stimulus, like nothing I had ever had before. I tested for my black belt, got it basically almost the next day, quit. My sensei was like, what the hell? I'm like, Hey, CrossFit. Um, <laughs> Sorry, man. It's like, that's where I'm going. I'm done. So, um, yeah. And after that, it was, um, yeah, like I said, started to accumulate more information, lots of nutritional knowledge. And one thing I realized was there was a lot of, it wasn't black and white. Lots of people had different opinions and some people's opinion was technically, or what they thought was a fact was wrong. And one of the catalysts for me to dig into the truth about nutrition was I had somebody who was very influential to me, who I believed basically everything he said. It was a former coach of mine. And he's like, you know, strawberries help your digestion. And I was like, I've never read that. That seems wrong. I don't think that's right. So I went home and I like ripped through every reference I could find. And I'm like, there's nothing about strawberries and digestion. I'm like, he's wrong. I'm like, and I wasn't mad at him, but I was like, apparently there's a lot of misinformation in the nutritional field. So I started to try to find the truth in things. And this is when Rob Wolf came on the scene and the whole paleo thing started to grow. And prior to that, it was the zone, and which I mean, we could talk about that. I always thought that was really, really ridiculous. Um, but uh, I was really influenced by the whole paleo movement, right? Both nutrient density and not having caloric density. You know, this was the whole carbs were bad thing, right? So I was like, okay, I'm doing this. I'm like hardcore, low carb, very nutrient dense food. And, you know, things worked well for me, but, you know, I was running around at like six feet tall, 165 pounds and trying to do CrossFit and didn't really work that well. I'm like, okay, fairly strong guy, but man, I don't seem to, these long chippers are killing me. 
why don't I have a gas tank? So um, if we fast forward a little bit through this, um, I ended up doing um, a nutritional certification through James Foster, um, and he ran a company out of Calgary, Alberta called Optimum Performance Training. And he started a coaching certification. And I was like, cool, I don't want to coach, but hey, there's a nutritional component to this. And one of the guys that was teaching the nutrition was Matt Lalonde out of Harvard. And I knew about James, but I wasn't really interested in meeting him, which is kind of a funny story. He would laugh if he heard me say that. I was texting him this morning about it. Um, but I was like, I got to see Matt. Matt is like the brilliant Harvard guy who understands nutrition. I did this course, learned a lot. And part of it was doing uh, it's part of the homework for the completion of the course was doing 20 client consults. And I was like, Oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to coach people. <laughs> and I was a coach at CrossFit Lethbridge at the time, but I was like, I don't want to do nutritional coaching. Um, but I went and did it cause I needed to do it to complete it. And I did it. And I was like, wow, now I kind of feel like I I'm empowered with some tools. I can actually coach people. And if we fast forward a little bit more, um, one of the clients that I ended up getting was a guy named Jeremy Meredith. Um, he's really, <laughs> I'll owe him probably for the rest of my life because he's really what sort of propelled me to start the business and get into performance coaching with athletes. And I met him at an Olympic uh, lifting seminar and he had said to me, he said, Hey, I want you to coach me. And I was like, Oh my God, no, this guy's like legit. He's like, this guy's going to the game someday. He's like one of the best in Western Canada at the time. He did end up going to the games twice and um, I started to coach him and I didn't want to. My knee jerk reaction was, no, I'm not good enough. I'm not the athlete he is. Um, I can't coach him. But I thought, generally speaking, if something scares the shit out of you in life, you should probably do it. Now, there's some, maybe some caveats to that, yeah. but I was, okay, I'm going to do this. Um, and then through him, I acquired another client named Steve Howell, another great um, athlete out of Western Canada. And he, he said to me, he said, Hey, do you mind if I send all this nutrition stuff you're, you're giving me to James? I want James to look it over. And I was like, Oh God, James is going to kill me. I mean, all this stuff's probably bullshit. And all, I'm telling all these guys with long information. And so he sends it to James. James doesn't really get back to him. And then uh, a couple months later, I get an email from James. He's like, Hey, I want you to come work with me. And I was like, James Fitzgerald is asking me to work with him. I'm like, what the hell? And so after that, I got exposed to like the bigger circle of CrossFit, some very high-end athletes, some very good coaches. James was a phenomenal mentor. Through all this, I reluctantly started a company called Dynamic Nutrition. Um, somebody basically said, look, you know some things about a few things. Why don't you put a company together? And I was like, oh, God, business? No. I'm like, I'm a firefighter. I got my name embroidered on my shirt. I get paid by the hour. That's how much of a business sense I have. So I reluctantly started a company. Um, and it was good. Things really took off, um, started to, you know, build the brand through word of mouth from other athletes. I never was good at advertising, never good with social media. Um, and I started, you know, I just started to work with James and things were really well. And through this, I mean, this could be a very long story. I'll try to shorten it up. Um, I developed a supplement called Max Adrenal. And I remember ordering, I, I do hormone testing for athletes. So I take a look at the cortisol, their DHEA, their testosterone. And I was always very interested in the pathophysiology of why athletes become overtrained. Like what's going on from an endocrine level? How can we, and I was always thinking like, this is the next big thing. We can dig in under the hood. We can figure out why these athletes are broken and we can fix them. We can put them on the podium and we can do this. And there's a lot more to it than that, but um, I started to use a bunch of different supplements from a bunch of different companies for, for treating these athletes, right? Um, and one day I was sort of sitting at my desk going, I wonder, I wonder if I could get a company to build me the supplement that I want instead of using like three or four different types of supplements. And I got very lucky once again. Um, some people say that luck is just um, capitalizing on opportunity. And I don't know if I totally believe that because sometimes the plans just align perfectly because I was very naive. And I said, and I looked for a company and I said, Hey, and the first one I found a Canadian company, I'm like, Hey, can you guys build this supplement for me? And they're like, yeah, for sure. We'll bottle it and we'll label it and we'll send it to you. I was like, okay, cool. Just that easy. It's really not that easy. I was like, find a turnkey 
supplement manufacturer within Canada, which is really rare. So I got my first 75 units of Max Adrenal. I'm sitting in my office and I'm like, oh, I guess I better sell this stuff. Yeah. So I basically started handing it out to people I knew and saying, hey, check this out. And uh, and I wouldn't say lucky enough because I know the components of Max Adrenal really well. These were things I wanted to see people use that I knew had efficacy within human trials for treating different variations of, I mean, we can call it adrenal dysfunction, adrenal fatigue, HPA access dysfunction, um, overtraining in performance athletes. It doesn't really matter the tag or the name. Um, the signs and symptoms are generally always the same. Um, and it started to work really well. And people were like, wow, Mike, this stuff really works. Like I feel better. Um, I, I can get better sleep. I'm better focused during the day. Um, I have energy again. I can find that fifth gear when I'm doing my double heavy Fran or whatever ridiculous CrossFit shit you're doing that day. Um, and I was like, cool, this stuff works. And, uh, you know, I ended up leaving uh, working with James. I got to a point in my life where things were just too busy with the company, with working with James, with being a shift worker, with being a parent to two young young girls. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to shut this down. I'm burnt out, can't consult anymore. Just, I'm going to shut it down. That chapter of my life is over. And one of my former clients came to me and said, hey, you got a good brand. He's like, why don't you let me help you? And we can build this up. And I'm like, cool, I got nothing to lose. So we built up Dynamic Nutrition. Um, he started to take over a lot of the, the business side of things. And then, and this is a key point too. Um, he's like, we need some help. He goes, I know somebody who was a client of mine and she can take over some of the operational stuff. And this was Chrissy Barron, who is now my co co-partner in this. Um, and we brought her on as a 1% owner. And, and that was, I always thought, wow, I wish Chrissy could be more involved. I wish she could be more involved and, and jumping forward a little bit more. Um, eventually she became half owner of, of what is now Nova three labs. We went through some rebranding and now we're called Nova three labs and we've been Nova three labs for about three years now. So, so that's the story of the company. I mean, we do nutritional consulting for athletes and not just performance-based athletes. Um, we do nutritional consulting for people interested in body composition, um, performance-based athletes outside of CrossFit, be it MMA, Olympic rowing, um, Olympic weightlifting. Lots of CrossFit, obviously. And then, of course, the supplementation line, which we have more than just Max Adrenal now, formulated a bunch of different formulas based on stuff that I use. All the stuff within Nova is, is stuff that I've used in the past, and it's what I've always wanted to see in a supplement company. Um, I, you know, I have some pretty particular thoughts about how things should be displayed, how transparent the supplement industry should be, which it's absolutely not. Um, it's a very seedy, I wouldn't say seedy. I don't think people are out to, to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. I just think supplement companies sometimes take a look at, okay, what's going to sell the best versus what's going to be the most effective supplement for an athlete. And that's what I look at. I'm like, like I said, thank God for Chrissy because she's business oriented. I'm like, I'm not, I don't care about making money. I don't care about selling supplements. I want people to use stuff and I want them to say, Mike, this shit changed my life. Like this shit makes me feel good. I don't feel like I got hit by a cement truck in the morning. Um, I feel like I can get on with my life. I feel like I have energy to do the work I need to do or play with my kids at night or whatever. Right. Like that's the stuff that I want. Right. So yeah. And that, you know, here we are in now 2019. So just got back from Wadapalooza and we got a bunch of sponsored athletes there. And it kind of grew into this big machine. And I'm like, I've always said I've been a very reluctant entrepreneur. Um, some people have that drive for business. And I just have the drive for, um, I don't know. I just love the nutrition field. I love the supplementation field. I've always been interested in it. And, and here we are. So that's kind of the story. Very cool. Well, I think it's incredibly interesting. And having been an athlete myself that made it to regionals and then totally blew myself up and my adrenals stopped working, um, I think that this is really, really cool. Um, how, when you do testing, are you doing saliva tests for hormones? Is that what you do? Yeah, well, so there's a number, number of different methods to do it. Um, when I got into it, I started to use saliva testing. Now I've moved into um, urinary testing. Um, oh, okay. so there's, there's a bunch of different ways we can test and 
you'll hear a bunch of opinions on which is more accurate from different clinicians in the field. So anybody involved in conventional medicine will be like, yeah, you got to do serum testing. That's what you have to do. And some people are very pro saliva tests and say, oh, you know, you're, you're testing bioavailable components of hormones. Um, I now use um, the Dutch test for, for the hormone test, so dried urine testing. Um, and it seems to be the flavor of the month as far as, as the accuracy in hormones. Um, what I like to see for my athletes, and, and luckily a lot of my, my athletes and, and clients are US-based. So people can run out, get some serum labs, relatively easy versus Canada. Um, and I always like to compare those to the urine test. I mean, the more data we have, the better, right? right. But um, we get an underlying baseline value, yeah. So there's, there's a number of different ways to test for hormones. Okay. And then how, I'm curious about the max adrenal. What is the, uh, I guess, the active components behind that? How did you put that together? I just think that's really interesting. Yeah. So um, herbal, so basically in a quick nutshell, max adrenal is a composition of herbal. It's got some vitamins in there. Those are sort of specific to, to adrenal health, but the main components in there would be the herbal adaptogens and the neurotransmitter precursors. So Herbal adaptogens, um, I was always like, look, at, we're dealing with athletes. This is uh, sports science. And like, I get the whole Chinese and Asian medicine thing, but, you know, there's not a lot of data supporting it. Well, I was always wrong about that. Um, there's some very interesting studies um, when it comes to human-based trials and herbal adaptogens and the results. So things like rhodiola, ashwagandha, holy basil. Um, ginseng has been around forever, right? These are very good herbal adaptogens that attenuate the stress response and attenuate meaning they they lower that your perception to the stress response the best analogy that i have for this and anyone who's ever listened to me talk knows they're always going to talk about the lions so imagine i'm a lion tamer and you're not um i walk into the lion cage in the morning i'm like hey boys how's it going i'm throwing steaks off a plate and everyone's happy and at that point in time my perception of stress is zero i'm in a very familiar environment um, my adrenals and my HPA access is not all fired up. I don't think I'm going to die. It's not a very sympathetic response. You walk into that lion cage and the lion's lying there looking at you like, hey, what's this guy's problem? Um, and they haven't physically done anything, but you are at like a 10 out of 10 stress. You're like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Literally almost dying of fright, right? And that's your brain firing up your adrenals saying you're in a very dangerous situation. Herbal adaptogens come in here and they attenuate or slow down or tamp down that stress response. How that carries over into athletes and overtraining. Um, everybody has a stress cup. Like I always say, if I got my coffee cup here, everyone has a stress cup. Um, athletes, there's athletes and the rest of the population. So we all have the same stressors. We've got driving in traffic. Overhead lighting, poor nutritional quality, stress. We might have you know, emotional stress due to you know, arguing with our spouse or whatever. We all have that stress. That's daily, right? Um, athletes have training as a stressor. And as much as we love doing bar muscle ups, sprint rows, heavy thrusters, um, it's a stressor on our body without a doubt. So if we have normal stress, athletes have the training stress. Some athletes only have a little bit of training stress. You train three times a week, not much stress. If you're a performance-based athlete, you train 12 times a week, that's a huge amount of stress. Um, eventually, your body can't compensate against that. Human beings are really good in that short-term acute stressor scenario. So bear walks in the door behind me. I'm like, whoa, I freak out, jump over my computer, jump through the window, run away, hopefully live to see another day. My ability to do that is my sympathetic nervous system, right? The mobilization of things like glucose, epinephrine, um, cortisol. Cortisol is not a bad hormone. Lots of people say, oh, you know, you got to do yoga, reduce your cortisol, stop drinking coffee, you're going to raise your cortisol. That's not necessarily true. Adrenal dysfunction and high cortisol, that's not necessarily a sign of just adrenal dysfunction. When I see, this is a bit of a tangent, when I see, when I do testing and I see high cortisol in athletes, I'm like, hallelujah, thank God, your HPA access is working just great and you've got high cortisol. That's a good thing. I get concerned when I see really low levels of cortisol and that's when athletes start to feel really bad when, you know, the story like yours, it's like, yeah, I went to regionals and I blew up after. And after that, it was never the same again. It's like, I just couldn't find that fifth gear, didn't have the motivation to train, just 
physically didn't feel well and that lasts for a long time. And that's, I'd rather say overtraining than anything. I, I know there's some misinformation about the terms of like adrenal dysfunction or fatigue or whatnot, right? Um, HPA axis dysfunction. Your brain basically doesn't want us to respond to stressors anymore. That's the thing. Okay, and back to where herbal adoption is coming. It's a band-aid solution to the underlying issue, right? You always have to treat the underlying issue. You can't take a supplement and fix your problems, without a doubt. Coming from a guy who sells supplements, you can. You have to address the underlying issues, the stress of training, your volume of training, your sleep, your nutritional quality, um, your external stressors in life. Those have to be controlled. Um, so that's the herbal adaptogens. That's part of it. Um, and it's very interesting that um, we're seeing more and more supplement companies get into herbal adaptogens and realizing that these have a high therapeutic index for safety. They have a high degree of efficacy. And it's interesting, some herbal adaptogens, like specifically if I'm thinking ashwagandha, I believe, um, it can either raise your cortisol or lower your cortisol. And some people need some people need their cortisol raised. Some people need it tamped down. The mechanism behind that, we don't know what that is, right? But it, it seems to, to help you deal with that stress response. The other component to max adrenal would be the neurotransmitter precursors. So things like L-tyrosine and DLPA, DL-phenylalanine. These are precursor building blocks to specific things like dopamine, norepinephrine, and part of the HPA axis dysfunction is your brain just doesn't have these neurotransmitters anymore. And this is where the lack of motivation comes from or the lack of enjoyment. You get an athlete who is training and they're not really liking it anymore. They actually almost hate it. They're not getting that dopamine rush from the training anymore because they're depleted. Um, so when, when people start to take max adrenal, they're like, wow, you know, stuff doesn't feel as hard. And I'm not really, really stressed out as much as I am anymore. And, and you know, and I have a lot of focus. Like I, I can sit down and do like, six hours of programming for my clients. Like what the heck is in this stuff? So, so in a nutshell, that's, uh, that's max adrenal. Um, it's a very complex formula, um, but it definitely seems to work well. I've had only maybe a handful of people who have taken max adrenal and they're like, yeah, I'm not getting anything from it. Right. And one of those guys was uh, James's brother, Mike, Mike Fitzgerald. So he, he now runs OPT at Calgary. And if I look at his lifestyle, he's a pretty chill dude, um, loves his job, doesn't have a lot of stressors in life. Um, and if, if you're that person, yeah, kudos to you, you're living life in the right way. But most of us have a lot of stress and maybe a little too much, right? Yep. And I'm the body, uh, everyone's resilient in a different way, right? Like I've seen athletes who they're running on like six hours of sleep, they're doing low carb, they're training 12, 12 times a week, and they're great athletes and they're like podium level athletes. But there's resiliency. Some people have it. Some people don't. Right. Um, some people can do a lot of things, and they can they can ex they can excel despite what they're doing, not because of what they're doing. Right. Totally. But everybody everybody does have a breaking point, right? And your story is not unfamiliar. It's usually something like the Open or something like regionals or after the game. Actually, after the games, most athletes don't blow up. Um, the people who make it to that level are generally pretty resilient. Um, but yeah, so that's Max Dream. Very cool. How would you explain or how do you explain in an elevator pitch? What is Nova three labs? Nova three labs is a nutritional consulting and supplement company. Um, we deal with performance-based athletes, but we also deal with the aspects of health and longevity and all of those go together. If we take a look at a triangle, lots of people ask me like, okay, what's the three stand for in, in, in Nova three? Um, so Christy and I decided to go with the term Nova because of the bigger term supernova. So it's like a rebirth. Um, we had gone through a lot of growing pains and, and some, some business issues prior and the company wasn't going to die. We just wanted to rebuild it in a different way. So that's where the Nova comes from. The three comes from truth, transparency, and trust, which is what we like to be, how we like people to see our brand. I've always been, very, very um, passionate about having transparency within the supplement industry. Um, one of the things that always was a huge, and still to this day is a huge pet peeve of mine, is if I look at a supplement and I can't figure out exactly what's in there, whether they have a proprietary blend on the bottle, which I'm absolutely against, yeah. or, you look, or you look on their on their website 
and you're trying to find the ingredients and it's impossible. You're clicking and you're clicking and you're clicking. You're like, where the heck are the ingredients? I just want to know what's in this stuff. If a cell phone company is doing that, they're trying to hide something, right? Proprietary blends are ridiculous, right? In the supplement industry, there's nothing new. There's nothing new out there. Like we have really discovered everything. If something pops up and everyone's like, oh, this is the latest and greatest thing. It's like one of the best, best things I can think about would be like D-ribos, right? Everyone knows like, oh my God, D-ribos, this is freaking awesome. This raises your testosterone. Well, jump forward a few years later, we realize now with some human-based trials, it doesn't. It can potentially drop your testosterone. Um, you might want to stay away from that, but supplement companies will pitch it based on pseudoscience or some misinformation or they'll hide stuff in your proprietary blends. If you look at something, it's got a proprietary blend and it's got a bunch of like arginine, caffeine and, and you know, L-citrulline in there. You don't know. You don't know how much of what you're getting. So um, that's an issue. For me. So the three, um, yeah, truth, transparency, trust, but it would go back to what I was talking about, health, longevity and performance. And they're all kind of different, right? If you're chasing one, you might be getting away from it. If you're going exclusively after performance, you might be getting away from health without a doubt. You might be getting away from longevity. Um, if you're chasing longevity, you're probably not going to have the greatest performance, right? But all those aspects are important. Yeah, very interesting. When you approach a new client as a nutrition coach myself and performance coach myself, um, how do you, how do you take them in? Like, what's your system? What are you looking at when you see this new person? Um, what are the questions you're asking that type of stuff? Yeah. So I've got some intake forms that I'll send clients. Um, and it's sort of the basic stuff, like how do you train, where you train, age, height, weight, gender, all that kind of stuff. Um, we're looking at a background history of like, okay, what have you done that's worked? What have you done that hasn't worked as far as nutrition? Like, what have you followed? Um, I like to get an idea of where that client's coming from. They might be completely uneducated in the nutrition field. So then, you know, you have to start at the basics. You can't just throw a bunch of macros and refeed days and a bunch of supplements at them. You're going to be overwhelmed by that, right? So you need to figure out where that client come, has come from. Two things that I require with that are non-negotiables are I need to know their primary training goal. That's a really, really important one. The client needs to know what they want. Um, sometimes people just want nutrition to be accountable, right? They just want somebody to be looking over their shoulder and saying, Hey, don't eat that or eat that. I'm not a big fan of that. Um, but some people want that, but as far as primary training goals, do they want performance? Do they want body composition? What do they want? And we need to really define that. If somebody is exclusively performance oriented, that's going to change their nutrition radically. It's going to be completely different than someone who's, let's say, exclusively oriented to body composition. Um, and lots of people have mixed goals, right? Like I'd say vast majority of people are like, yeah, I want to be like, you know, really good at, you know, CrossFit, but at the same time, I want to look good in a bikini and, you know, I got the old, you know, I got my grad coming up or I'm getting married or whatever. And I get that everyone has multiple different goals. You don't have to be just exclusive, but it's good to focus on one. Um, the second thing, which is a non-negotiable for me, almost a non-negotiable would be, I need to see what a client's been eating, like let's say seven, five to seven days prior to me even talking about nutrition. I need to see what their baseline is. Anybody and their dog can go on the internet and figure out their macros. That's not hard. Um, macros are not the be all end all to nutrition. That's one component. You get a huge return on your investment for time spent when you start to follow a macro based approach. Um, and I haven't always been macro oriented. Um, when it comes to nutrition, there's really two components, the quantity and the quality, and both are equally important. Different athletes might need to focus on either or at different points in their career as an athlete, whether they're a recreational athlete or a competitive athlete. But uh, seeing what a client's eating before is absolutely essential. If I throw a book, you know, plug a bunch of numbers into a formula, um, figure out somebody's macros and it's like, okay, yeah, you know, here's, here's you know, buddy here needs uh, 3,500 calories a day, but he's only been eating 1,700 calories for the past year. Telling him to eat 3,500 is negligent and vice versa, right? If uh, somebody's been eating 3,500, but oh, look at um, the, you know, the Harris Benedict one says you only need um, 2,300. Well, dropping that person down to 23, also going to be negligent. We're probably going to have some bad compliance and some bad results on that. So, it's, it has to be 
very individualized. I am not a fan of templates, not a fan at all. And I'm not going to bash any other companies that do templates. Um, there's different reasons for doing it, but I absolutely am against templates. So very that, interesting. That's, that's, that's part of the intake. For me, so, yeah. 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 And so I, just to reconfirm a little bit more, let's say you have two athletes that are, have the exact same goals. Mm-hmm. You're a fan of them being like one could be completely different nutritionally than another. Totally. Um, and it, it's like, I always say that I will overuse this term. Um, everyone is a unique snowflake without a doubt. Um, lots of people, if we have a circle, a tight circle, um, lots of people will fit into that circle as far as their caloric needs, right? So if I take your age, height, weight, gender, how many times a week you train, plug you into a formula, pretty good chance you're going to fall in that circle. And those numbers are fairly accurate. I mean, hair span has been around forever, right? And there's other formulas that might be a little more accurate that take your, your basal metabolic rate, you know, they can estimate that, figure out your training requirements, but there's always outliers, right? Um, I've had athletes, so I'm not going to throw any names out, but let's say like five foot one, hundred five foot one, five foot two, 135 pound female athlete in her twenties, um, mid twenties, eating close to like 3,200 calories. Um, I'll have another athlete, same, pretty much the same weight, maybe a little bit taller, um, eating like barely over 2000 calories, both regional level athletes, right? Um, everybody is different in what they need for their needs without a doubt. And whether that comes down to their digestion, their insulin sensitivity, um, whether they're parasympathetic or sympathetic dominant athletes, um, there's so many variables that change that up. Right. So it's, um, I've had some really crazy outliers. I had a guy who was six, four initially came in six, four, two fifty, very good athlete, wanted to go to regionals. Um, he, needed, he knew he was way too big to be a CrossFit athlete, right? Um, so we eventually, and he was eating like 4,000 calories. By the time we hit his goal of 225 pounds on six foot four frame, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he was pretty lean. Um, he was down at around 2,200 calories. And the thing is, he was still training twice a day. Um, hunger was good. Sleep was good. Libido was good. These are all things that you know you keep a tab on because somebody goes really low calorie, chances are, and they're training that much, they're going to have some issues, right? Um, yeah. with, and those are the things you keep on tab on. If all of a sudden somebody's hunger drops off or they can't sleep or especially for guys, women's different story, especially for guys, if their libido's gone, that's a sign that all of a sudden that stress is too much. That stress of being hypocaloric, right? But he was good. He was fine. He's like, yeah, I feel good. He's like, I'm managing my food. It's good quality. Frequencies there. Um, he was a coach himself, and he extreme outlier. Like I, I've been at 2,200 calories, and I really want to kill somebody. That's how <laughs> I am. I'm like, dude, that is way too low. And I'm like 45 years old, and this is a guy in his 20s, right? So I, I know when I go that low, and there's times I have been that low. I'm like, this is not fun, man. So <laughs> everyone's, everyone's definitely different in their needs, though, and that's where. Absolutely. I think um, I think it's pretty cool to see the rise of the whole if it fits your macros and, and macro counting because way back in the day, I used to get clients just to write their food down on a piece of paper, give it to me, and I would look at it, and then I would run it through um, um, a food data analyzer on the internet, and it would take me like a long time to figure out their macros. And I'd be, okay, I figure out the macros, but I didn't, I didn't want people counting. I'm like, okay, yeah, we got to do like one gram per pound of protein, you know, that's pretty good. And carbs, ah, just eat a lot of carbs, your performance-based athlete. And that's really what it came down to. Emphasis was mostly on quality. And that that had um, that served a lot of people really well. But now with stuff like, you know, my fitness pal, fat secret, and my macros plus, and there's so many different calculators. It's it's so easy for people to dial in the quantity aspect. And it's it's relatively um, not that much of a time sink for people. At first, I get people are usually like, whoa, this is like weighing and measuring and tracking. It's taking up so much time out of my day. I'm like, yep, learning curve is straight up, but just stick with it for a week. And honestly, for me, it's like maybe takes 15 minutes out of my day to track my food. Really? Totally. It's, it's like it, it becomes easy, right? It, tracking isn't the be all end all. I do have clients who shouldn't track and they don't track and I don't want them tracking, right? If it comes to too much anxiety or, or emotional 
attachment to food and thinking about food too much, it can be a stressor. Without a doubt, um, food tracking can lead to eating disorders. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that we need to be aware of, right? Like within the CrossFit industry and in nutritional coaching itself, I mean, as you probably know, you see a lot of athletes who either have had an eating disorder or have current eating disorders, right? And maybe a lot of body dysmorphia about how they look. And tracking can can exacerbate that. I've had clients where I've pulled them off of tracking, right? I said, okay, we're going to start with not tracking one meal on a Sunday. And then we progress that to, okay, Sunday's your free day. You can eat the exact same foods you always eat. Just don't plug it into my fitness pal. And then we progress to, okay, let's do it on the whole weekend. And then we're like, okay, you're going away. Where are you going? Oh, you're going to Hawaii. Cool. Okay. Don't track when you're on vacation. Just eat to satiety. And you have to progress to an intuitive eating pattern, which... If you think about it from an evolutionary perspective, that's normal. Tracking your food, totally not normal. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. But it's, we do it for accuracy. Interesting. So mm. what do you like? You mentioned a couple of them. What do you like as far as your tracking app? I know that mm. I've tried different ones and I'm always interested to hear what people like you like. Yeah. So, um, so what I do and what I want my clients to do are two different things. Um, so what I use, I use an app called My Macros Plus. Yep. And one of my previous nutrition coaches, I mean, even coaches and coaches, um, she got me using my macros plus and I'm like, cool. I like it. Prior to that, um, I personally used, um, fat secret. And that's actually what I like my clients to use because of what I see on my end. Um, okay. when I get my clients to sign up, um, either I say, okay, you can use my fitness pal, which is the most common one. I'll talk about that in a bit though. Um, or fat secret. Um, I just like, sort of the spread of what I see for days and macros and how it breaks things up in their food and stuff like that. Like, like what I see when I, when I do my consult, I can take a look and I can look at like 30 days worth of food. It's almost like looking at the matrix. It's like, okay, I can see the numbers I can see where you like, Oh, that weekend you probably went out and partied. Oh, that week you were solid. That week. Oh, a couple of days you missed there. Okay. What happened there? Um, so I, I like my macros plus um, just because they, that, the mobile app, I just find it really easy to move around. They're all relatively good. Um, it's really just whatever you get used to. My Fitness Pal is the most common one used. It's probably the largest one. It probably has the largest database. But what I've found is sometimes the, the calculations for the macros and the calories are inaccurate. One of my nutritionists, actually one of the nutritionists who's been with the company since day one, Kylie, um, she had a client compare days on My Fitness Pal and Fat Secret, exact same foods. And there was a high degree of inaccuracy as far as the caloric intake for my fitness pal. Now, I don't want anyone from my fitness pal to sue me or send me a cease and desist. I'm just giving my opinion here. Um, I still have lots of clients use my fitness pal. It's people like it. It's easy. Um, it really, whatever it comes down, it's what the client's comfortable with, right? I'm not married to one, one specific app if somebody is already using a certain app and they're like hey can i continue using this when i do my consult with you i'm like yeah for sure because i don't want you all of a sudden falling off on compliance because all of a sudden you're trying to learn a new app right so those are the three that i kind of go to um what do you use yeah i mean i've used the my macros plus and for me it was a little bit harder to get into that learning curve and i'd use my fitness pal before that so I'm right now I'm back at my fitness pal and that's what I'm recommending. I didn't, I had never done a comparison to see the accuracy before. Um, for me, it was just a lot of the food database being really easy to find stuff. Um, because you know, when you work with people and they're like, man, I couldn't figure out how to find this particular thing or I had to import it myself. And then I stopped and I'm like, well, shoot, that's not what I want. But I, I was secretly hoping that you'd be, Man, there's this awesome app that everybody should use. You well, know. I mean, I do like Fat Secret, and it's funny because a lot of people are like, Fat Secret, that's a funny name. I've never heard of that. And it's been around for a while, and I find it I find it super clean. I mean, like I said, as a coach, um, I get all my clients, so I'm like, okay, look under my professionals and you'll find my name and then just add me as my professional. And then what I see on my side of the screen versus what they see is two different things. And um it just, I find it super clean. Super clean. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the one that I always try to gently encourage my clients to use. But if they're already using my fitness pal, it's like I can still see everything that they're eating and stuff like that and the timing on it and stuff. So, okay, cool. I'll yeah. have to look into that for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, so uh, from an education standpoint, you've done a lot of stuff. It, mm. you know, you've been very educated. And so I have an interesting question on, for the coaches that are listening, <clears throat> where would you recommend somebody get started with nutritional or fitness certifications if you had to do it all over? I had to do, yeah, okay, that's a good question. I had to do it all over. I kind of accumulated, I guess, the certs and the courses that I have based on just what I found interesting. But if I had to do it all over again, I mean, I think there's two components to coaching. If you're, if you're like, okay, my goal is to be a nutrition coach. I need to acquire the knowledge to do this. How is, I need to find somebody to teach me how to do this. One portion would be the didactic component. Like let's say sort of the nuts and bolts of nutrition, like learning about human physiology, learning about nutritional science. Um, I think one of the better courses out there right now as an entry level course would be precision nutrition. Um, I took the inaugural course. I'd followed John Berardi's stuff way back in the day. Um, he was always very influential on um, him and Rob Wolf. Um, Berardi's was more like bodybuilding, in, so segued into performance a little bit. Um, and I think that's pretty solid um, to get the sort of the nuts and bolts. The textbook, really well written um, as far as the nutritional science aspect for, for clients and coaching, let's say, performance-based athletes um, or for body composition. Um, I think it's very easy to accumulate the nutritional science. It's everywhere. You don't have to look far for it. In fact, you don't have to do a course. You can just find everything you need on the internet. Part of that is being overwhelmed by the information. The second portion to being a nutrition coach is learning how to coach. And there's not a lot of very good courses for that. Probably the best one for that would be my nutritionist, Kylie, has her own company called Volition Nutrition. And she runs a mentorship course. We did run this mentorship course through Nova 3 Labs for a while. And then we sort of handed it back to Kylie um, for just business reasons. But learning how to coach and learning how to talk to people um, is, is, I would almost say it's trial by fire. Um, over the years, my nutritional coaching uh, style has changed dramatically. And I think that's a bigger component. I mean, figuring out somebody's macros, telling them what foods to eat or what not to eat, um, you know, understanding food intolerances, all that kind of stuff. That's, that's the easy part. Um, actually coaching somebody in, in how to eat, um, in how to integrate nutrition into their lifestyle, whether it's performance-based or body composition. Um, that, that requires time, time in the trenches. You got to go through lots and lots of clients. You have to accumulate experience. Um, but there's specific things that you should be aware of when you're talking to somebody. So if I had to go back and do it again, um, I would do the PN1. That's, that's the entry level. I, whenever I'm asked that, I always say, that's a great course. It's not a bad course. It's a great course. Um, I, I really liked, I mean, I enjoyed, um, the, the OPT at the time it was OPT, not OPEX, the, um, the OPEX CCP nutrition course, um, that gave a good amount of didactic and nutritional science along with the coaching experience. Um, so I think that would, uh, I mean, I think that's probably a good starting point. Um, one of the issues I see, and this is kind of interesting is, is a lot of coaches or, or want to be coaches. They get paralysis by analysis. They start to accumulate course after course after course, and they acquire a lot of knowledge, but they just don't have a lot of clients. And it's almost like they're scared to take on clients. And I've been there. I've been like, oh, I don't want to consult with an example, Jeremy. Oh my God, he's an amazing athlete. I don't have the knowledge base. And that's, that's building confidence. Um, you have to just get in there and do it. And you have to be comfortable with the fact that you're not going to know everything and you're going to make mistakes. And I think back on some of the things I've done with some of my athletes, I'm like, Oh my God, I had them fast for like 18 hours. And then they did like a brutal classic CrossFit session. And then I only fed them like carbs and fat after or protein and fat or whatever formula at the time I thought was the best thing. And it's like, you realize in hindsight, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I've made some mistakes, but that's, that's growing as a coach, right? Whether you're doing programming or whether you're doing nutritional consulting, um, you have to realize that you're going to make mistakes and it's, 
it's analogous to, to training as a paramedic, right? So we go through school, we learn all the stuff, all the book smart stuff, all the pharmacology in school, and then you do a practicum and you do a practicum and you have an experienced paramedic looking over your shoulder. That is the time to make mistakes. When you're doing a mentorship, like if you jump on board with Kylie's mentorship and you have clients, um, she's going to be looking over your shoulder and you're going to be making mistakes and she's going to be saying, yeah, you know, that was an option, but maybe you should have done this, right? Um, and that, that can be the bonus to a mentorship. Um, and, and I used to run a very loose mentorship. I used to have a lot of coaches that would just, uh, we would talk on like a weekly or biweekly basis and we'd have a mentorship. I just don't have a structured program for that. Right. Um, but, uh, but Kylie's is good, but having a mentor or finding a mentor, um, to, to help you with coaching, that would be the next step after you have some nutritional knowledge, then go into the mentorship. Um, if I had to say the next best course to get after that would be the functional diagnostic nutrition course. That is really not a nutrition course. That's a course about hormones and hormones are not the be all end all without a doubt, but understanding the endocrine system um, as much as you can will definitely help with how you look at nutrition, right? If we think about that, food is a drug and it affects your hormones. It can affect it negatively. It can affect it positively. The same thing with training. Training affects your hormones. Understanding the endocrine system within athletes, whether you're a body composition athlete or a performance-based athlete, um, will pay huge dividends to understanding cortisol, testosterone, DHEA, pregnenolone. Um, that's really, really important, in my opinion. right? And it makes you sort of look at things a little different. So. Awesome. What do you do when you have an athlete that is not adhering to what you've asked them to do? <laughs> yeah, that's a tough cookie. Um, one, if you need to figure out um, if that athlete's being non-compliant or not. Um, if somebody is just bluntly saying, hey, yeah, I'm not following these macros. I'm not tracking my nutrition. And these are the reasons why. Um, generally it's, they're not making it a priority. And I've had clients who have been like, look, I'm giving you coaching advice. You're not following what I'm doing. Maybe right now is not the time that you need a nutrition coach. Maybe you need to deal with those other stressors in your life. Um, so I've let some clients go, like, you know, for lack, right? fired clients when I'm like, Hey, you're not ready to be coached right now. You're not in a place where you can be coached. That's actually a very easy situation because it's very black and white. If you have a client who you think is non-compliant, but they're telling you that they're compliant. Like somebody's like, you look at their macros, they're like, wow, they're hitting this totally spot on. They're like, yeah, I'm sleeping eight hours a night. Yeah, I'm hitting my macros, but I just don't seem to be making gains, whether it's in their performance, whether it's in their body composition. Um, that can be a tricky one, right? Um, that can be tough. And you might have to have that tough conversation of really the underlying question is, are you lying to me, right? Um, and to call a client out, you have to be sure because you can cause a huge amount of insult if that client isn't lying, right? Um, people might, might not want to be forthcoming with you, right? They might be embarrassed that, yeah, they're tracking their macros, but on the weekend, they're eating like all the Pizza Hut and drinking all the beer, and they just don't want to put that in their food log. And you have to sort of broach that topic of like, okay, are you being honest with yourself? Or are you being honest with me? Um, and I've had a few of those clients too. And then looking at their food log and I'm like, you know, it looks perfect. It's almost too good to be true. And, you know, they're not leaning out or they're not making the gains that they should be. And, you know, you've done everything you can as far as manipulating the macros, adjusting it, going high, going low, trying different macro ratios, um, looking at their food quality, um, you know, pulling out intolerances, everything. Right. And then it's like, if something's not working, Generally speaking, either they're not compliant or they might be an extreme outlier, right? Just like the guy I mentioned earlier, right? When I kept dropping his numbers and I was scratching my head, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if Kevin's being honest with me. I'm going to keep dropping his numbers. And lo and behold, he was an extreme outlier, right? But it's tough. People have to want it. And that's actually the good thing about nutritional consulting. When somebody comes to you and they want your help, generally they've always bought in. And if you have a, as long as you're not giving it away for free, and this is a different topic. Um, I don't do pro bono consulting anymore, whether it's for my sponsored athletes or for anybody who's like, Hey man, I can't afford nutritional consulting. Can you just help me out? I, I find that 
and this took me a long time to come to terms with because I'm not that businessman. But um, if you give your services away for free, generally people don't appreciate it. If there's a value assigned to your service, people are like, wow, okay, I'm going to make this a priority because this is costing me X amount of dollars per month and I'm going to be more compliant. And people generally will. If they're coming to you for help, they're paying a price, they will they will do what you say, right? And that's the bonus of, of putting a price on your time, right? So it's not... It's not cheap. Nutritional consulting is not cheap. Um, if you find somebody and they're only charging $20 a month, um, you're going to get what you pay for, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Cool. Mike, what kind of impression do you want to leave on the world? Mm, that's a big question. Um, I want people to be educated and empowered um, with knowledge. And that's from day one. That's really always what I've wanted. When I've started to talk to folks about nutrition, when someone's come up to me at the gym and said, hey, what do you think about this and this supplement? Or what do you think about you know this new diet? Um, I've always wanted people to walk away knowing more than when they first walked up to me. And also, I've always wanted people to feel like they could walk away from a consulting and be like, okay, I have the tools. I can do this myself now, right? Um, yeah. That's really, in a nutshell, that's what I want. I want people to be educated and empowered, feel like they have the, the knowledge to and the nutritional tools to, to, to help themselves. That's really what it's all about, right? It's about sharing knowledge. Totally. So, mm-hmm. Do you find that you have a certain lifespan for your average client? Like you've taught them what they need to know and it's been like three months, six months or something like that? Everyone's different. Um, I've had clients who I've had for years and... We generally don't talk about nutrition much. It's usually at, that segues into more, I hate the term, but people will understand it. It segues into more life coaching where we're talking about the nutrition, the training, the relationships and how it affects how they're getting to their goal. Um, I have some people who have only jumped on board for three months. Generally, those people come in really well educated with nutrition and they just want somebody giving a second opinion. And if everything's good and we're really not tweaking stuff much and, and you know, they're consistent and they're slowly reaching their goals. They're like, okay, cool. You know, I feel like I'm empowered with this. Um, I'll, you know, I'm good to go. And generally those clients will always pop up like once every six months and say, Hey, can you check my stuff out? See where I'm at right now. Um, everybody's different in their needs, right? Some people, and some people, like I said earlier, they want accountability. They actually know what to do, but it's just having that sort of um, not fear, but just knowing that someone is like looking over their shoulder saying, Hey, yeah, you know, stay on target. Um, some people just need that. They just need that accountability. Right. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, everyone's different in their needs for sure. I've found the exact same thing with like the whole life coaching deal, or it's like, if they stay with you after a certain amount of time, it's like, you've given them what they need as far as like their, you know, their map. Mm-hmm. And now it becomes this, this life coaching thing, which is cool. I actually yep. just, I don't like that, that, that we haven't really figured out a name for it that people like, you know, cause yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need a, I need a life coach, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, we just don't like to call it that. It's like, all right, I've hired a performance or a business coach or something like that, but really is they're teaching me how to live life better. So <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, what's your favorite cheat meal? Oh, yeah, I was looking over these questions last night. I was like, what is my favorite cheat meal? Wow. Um, that's almost a tough one. Um, I tend, if I'm going to cheat, um, I'm probably going to cheat dirty. And that means like, you know, I have some clients be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to cheat meal sushi. I'm like, dude, that's like super clean protein and starch. Right? <laughs> awesome effects of cheat meal. But I'm just like, I don't know. That's like an everyday thing. Um, I probably have to say pizza. Um, and it's funny because at the fire department, um, some, like most of the time I'm going to bring my food. It's going to be prepped. Um, I like to stay on track, but, um, if, if we don't and the guys are ordering pizza, I'm like, Oh, we're ordering pizza. I'm like, okay, guys, if we're ordering pizza, we have to order a lot. And they're like, Mike, why do we have to order a lot? Because I'm like, I'm going to eat. I'm legit going to eat a whole extra large pizza to myself. <laughs> some of the pizza, it's really hyper palatable. It's that combination of like, 
simple processed grains and, and carbs and, and high amounts of processed fat. Like it's probably the worst thing to eat in the world, but <laughs> the whole, and then I'll be asleep within like 10 minutes. Right. It's like, <laughs> like gluteomorphin hits my brain and it's just like, I'm drunk as hell. And I'm like, I need to sleep. So it's, I would have to say pizza. I can crush a lot of pizza. It's pretty obscene actually. Oh dude, me too. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. Pizza. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It's, and I can crush a lot. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Last question for you, Mike. Um, what do you think we need to do as, as a population or I guess as nutrition coaches or, you know, whatever to work on this obesity slash overweight issue that we're having right now? Yeah, that's a big question. Um, whew, what can we do? And it's funny because lots of people have tried to pin down the cause of it. And it's funny as human beings, we always want to find a singular cause for our problems, right? That's why people, a little bit of a tangent. That's why people like supplementation. They're like, I'm going to take this pill and it's going to fix my problems. And it's generally not that easy. And it's not just fructose and it's not just processed foods. And it's not just lack of exercise or movement. It's really all those things. So how do we fix that? Um, I think, I mean, I think the course that, that you and I are on is about educating people. People want simple. They want simple package to put in front of them and easy explanation. As, as an example, um, so the government of Canada, Health Canada, they recently released new food guide recommendations. And this is no different than, than the FDA. Um, every couple of years, they'll try to revamp the food pyramid or my plate or whatever it is to try to simplify it for people. And... I think you're trying to simplify a really complex topic. Um, and I don't know if there's an answer for it. I think educating people. Um, some people, yeah, I think it's just educating people. Honestly, if I, if I have to stick to one answer, I don't think there's a simple way to fix the obesity epidemic. I mean, I'm going to get probably lambasted for saying this, but it's like, is it move more and eat less? I No, I don't think it is. I think from a movement point of view, people do need to move more. Um, I think um, NEAT, like non-exercise activity induced thermogenesis or NEPA, like non-exercise physical activity. I think in this day and age, we have a lot less of that. Yes, people are going to the gym five times a week. That's fantastic. But if you're sitting on your ass for the other 23 hours, you're still not burning a lot of calories, right? We need to have a lot more physical activity. I see that with my kids too. Like I think, wow, when I was in school, we did this and we played outside this much. Nowadays, you know, there's a lot less physical activity from a nutritional point of view. Um, I don't think it's as easy as just going back to eat, eating real unprocessed food. Because if you ask somebody nowadays, Hey, I need you to eat real unprocessed whole food. Lots of people will be like, I don't know what that is. Is that you're talking about the cinnamon toast crunch you put it in a bowl with like with real milk. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> no, not really. Um, I think we're lost to that in, let's say my parents' generation or my grandparents' generation. There was a lot less processed food around, right? Um, so is processed food the devil? No, it's not. But I think we're getting away from nutrient density. I think we have a problem with hyper palatable, hyper caloric foods and nutrient devoid foods. And that's, we're getting away from the whole macro thing right there, right? But people are eating a lot more food and it's a lot less nutrient dense, right? Um, that's one aspect of it. Dialing in our whole quantity, right? People overeat stuff, um, getting more movement and not just like busting out heavy thrusters every day. I'm just talking lots of movement, right? I think that that's the problem too. So. Yeah, man, there's no, I don't think there's an easy answer to that. I think we just keep educating people. Um, and I mean, the population that comes to me for nutritional consulting is already ahead of the game by like 99% of like the world population, right? Um, how do we, how do we help like the, the average person who doesn't go to the gym and doesn't understand what whole food is? That's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know if I got the answer to that one. Well, I think that if we keep asking the questions and, you know, the people, hopefully the people, smart people like yourselves, we can start, you know, making an impact. And that's why I asked that question, you know, maybe we can 
get together something and and make a difference and i don't i don't know the answer either but that's why i asked the question because i think that it's something that people like you and i need to be talking about yeah it's a, it's an important question it's a tough one especially when I, you know i got two little girls five and seven and you know i'm always like okay what's it going to be like for them in like five years well, you know what am i doing the right things for them right now um you know and it's like you know i want them to grow up in a i know they're not going to grow up in the same environment i grew up in right um so it's like you know i'm obviously very concerned about the future of nutrition what food looks like what i'm putting in their lunches and stuff so yeah. important yeah good stuff mike I've, I've really enjoyed this how can people find you and follow what you're doing and get involved with what you're doing so uh easiest way to find us um um would be you know look on our website so it'd be nova3labs.com nova3 is the number labs.com um you can find us on instagram nova3labs um, you can find me on Instagram at Mike Dynamic. So Dynamic Nutrition used to be my old company. I still have, you know, some uh, some uh, memories of that. So it's at Mike Dynamic, and um, yeah, uh, we got all the information. You can find us on there. Um, I love answering questions from people. Um, so just shoot me a shoot me a DM on Instagram if somebody has a question. I'm not going to send an invoice. I just love answering questions. Um, so yeah, that's the easiest way to find us for sure. Cool. Well, Mike, this has been fantastic. I, gosh, we could just keep on talking, but I know that we've got stuff to do. So maybe we'll do a round two at some point. Uh, Thank you so much and uh, have a fantastic rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Hey guys, that was my interview with Mike Castelli of Nova 3 Labs. I hope you really enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I highly recommend that you go check them out at uh, Nova3Labs.com or following Mike on Instagram or wherever Nova3Labs is hanging out these days. And remember, this podcast was brought to you by TheGetBetterProject.com where I have my daily workout program for people that are looking to get themselves back into that shape that they were in a few years back before they started their careers, had kids, whatever. It's an ideal program for somebody that has some fitness knowledge and would like to take the thought process out of it for themselves. They can just jump in, get the workout done at home, in their home gym, or at a big box gym, just not having to think about it, and then interacting with a very supportive community that we have at the Get Better Project. So if that sounds awesome to you, head over to thegetbetterproject.com and click on programs and you'll see it right there. Let me know if you have any questions at all. I am excited about the program and I'm excited to help you out. If you'd like to grab the show notes for this particular podcast, you can go to allaroundjoe.com slash 180. That's allaroundjoe.com slash 180. And if you haven't done so already, did you know that you can subscribe to this podcast absolutely for free? If you are listening to it on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play, you just have to hit the subscribe button right there. If you're watching this or listening to it on my website at allaroundjoe.com, you head to allaroundjoe.com slash iTunes and you will see a subscribe button right there. I've recently found out that getting these free subscribers is the best way to get my podcast seen by other people so itunes looks at that or apple looks at that as be you being awesome so if you guys please 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 hit that subscribe button it's totally free helps me out and you'll get the updates of me releasing new podcasts every thursday morning simple as that all right thank you so much for watching or listening and yeah the all around joe podcast re-optimize your human performance from my personal experience as an athlete coach and all-around self-improvement joke on the next podcast.